Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 3. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Okay, welcome. We are in for such an exciting episode today with Lauren Hardy, who is a young, energetic woman that I met a couple of years ago and was so impressed with and excited by her enthusiasm and drive and success she's had as a real estate investor. So welcome, Lauren. Hi. <laughs> We're so excited to have you, and I have lots of fun and interesting questions to learn about you and the secrets of your success. So just for the benefit of our audience, why don't you tell them about you and your family and um, how you got into real estate investing? Sure. Um, well, uh, let's see about me. Um, I'm, pretty, I'm 29. And I have uh, two kids and I'm married. Um, I live in the city of Orange. Um, I am a full-time real estate investor. I flip houses, um, I do wholesaling, and um, I just got into some new developments. I'm building um, two new houses, so that's kind of a new project for me. Um, Let's see, what else? I don't know, I'm pretty busy with with my kids most of the time, um, but I, I, uh, I, also, you know, do the real estate thing full-time too. So it's a lot to juggle, but I love it and I probably wouldn't have it any other way. Well, yeah, I think it's so great when moms like yourself can work from home on a flexible job or career, whatever you want to call it, that allows you to be there for your kids when you want to be. So how old are your kids? Uh, They're two and a half and five. Yeah, so they're at that point where they like their mommy a lot. They want their mom around, and they would miss you a lot if you were gone 50-plus hours a week at some corporate job. So I think that's super awesome that you've been able to work a way to make income and be with your kids so much of the time. That's great. So tell us more about um, what led you to real estate investing, what drew your attention to it, and how you got started in doing it. Um, well, mainly, you know, my daughter, I had uh, my daughter Reese and I realized that it was really difficult to uh, raise children and work an eight to five job, um, working for a company and uh, being able to juggle, you know, the responsibilities of being a parent while maintaining a full-time job. It was just really tough, um, especially like when it comes to like when your child is sick and getting the child to the doctor and doctor's appointments and being up all night and and then having to get up and go to work and be there by eight. I mean, it it was all really tough and um, it wasn't really real estate. Um, I mean, I went into real estate because that was my background, but I probably would have done anything at that point um, to just be able to work from home. I, I was more motivated at uh, how do I kind of create a lifestyle? I'm, I'm really big about lifestyle design. And I had this idea in my head of like what I wanted in my life to look like and my Monday through Friday, what I wanted it to look like. Um, I just didn't know what I needed to do or what I wanted to do to get there. Um, my brother though was already flipping houses at the time and it didn't really occur to me until like one day we were just like at a barbecue and 
he was, um, I, I think I was telling him I'm frustrated with my schedule and um, I, I wish I had a more flexible schedule where I can kind of do whatever, you know, whatever I need to do with my children and, and then I can work when I need, you know, to work. And he said, well, why don't you try what I'm doing? And um, I never really thought about what he did. I, I, I just, you know, but he, it, it, the schedule was right. So I said, okay. And, and then he, you know, he started uh, mentoring me, teaching me a little bit about the business. And we came up with an agreement that if, you know, I can find deals, would um, he would figure out everything else and, and kind of just teach me along the way. So the first thing I learned how to do is just, you know, find deals. And that was all I was doing um, kind of day in and day out. Uh, on this, I, I was still working full time, um, but I, like on my lunch breaks or um, after work, I just kind of focused on making offers uh, on houses and trying to, you know, find our first deal. And I eventually did. Um, and then I found a second one. And, you know, him and I did really well on those two that it, you know, gave me the confidence to quit my full time job and pursue real estate investing full time. So. Awesome. That sounds great. So when did you get started in real estate investing? How many years have you been doing it? Um, I've been in it about three and a half years. I started in October. Uh, I remember it was October of like 2013 or 12. <laughs> Probably 12. Yeah. 12. Yeah. Let's do math. <laughs> Probably 12. No, it's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. And um, do you have, do you keep track of how many deals you've done or know how many you've done? Um, yeah, I kind of, I, I do by the year because I'm really like, I focus on my goals. Like every year I kind of want to do a certain amount. Um, my first year I did the two, um, but they were good. There were good deals. It was, I had a full-time job. So it was really just kind of like icing on the cake. Nice. Uh, my second year was actually pretty bad. Um, that was the year I, I really went to like the school of hard knocks. And um, it, it was unfortunate that it was then I decided to quit my full time job. Because that was like the year the business was unprofitable for me. Um, mm. I did three deals that year. But it was like, I, I spent way too much money in marketing and I just wasn't marketing correctly. And um, I ended up just breaking even with the deals I did because I'd spent so much money in marketing. Um, so that was a, that was a learning, that was a year of learning. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, my third year I've done 15, uh, that was last year. And then now this year I'm trying to do like 20 or 25. I've got like five houses right now for the year. Wow. Very impressive. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. And, um, what areas do you do? I think you've expanded out of Southern California now, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Um, I am mainly Southern California. I mean, I'll do Orange County if I could find a good deal with Orange County. Um, LA, uh, Inland Empire. Uh, where else? Um, a little bit of like the Antelope Valley. Um, you know, I mainly wholesale there. I think I flipped a couple houses there, but I, I mainly wholesale in that area. Um, and Nashville, Tennessee is my newest venture and that's my out-of-state you know thing that I'm trying to do and I'm still, I'm still in I'm not sure if it's working well we'll see <laughs> what what led you to choose Nashville if I may ask it was super uh kind of just random um I've always wanted a secondary market because I felt like California is very competitive 
And um, I felt like it would be nice to have a secondary market where if California was is in, you know, weird funk or weird place in the market that maybe my secondary market would be doing well, you know, kind of bounce each other, like bounce off each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I happened to uh, had attended like a, just one of those real estate type courses and boot camps, and it would happen to be in Nashville, Tennessee. I'd always wanted to visit Nashville. So I thought it was like a good tax write off to go visit a place you've always wanted to go to um, while, you know, being able to write it off. And um, I, I was driving around and I noticed there was like all this new development and a lot of houses being flipped. And I got out of my car and I, I met a, a builder. I, I just kind of went on a job site and started asking questions. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up meeting, you know, the actual the builder, the owner of the company and spent a lot of time with him. And he was telling me what was going, you know, what they were doing in that market. Um, and I just thought, okay, well, maybe I'll give it a try. Maybe this will be my market. It's completely different from California. And um, I don't know. We'll see. So I just kind of went at it. And and I'm now doing uh, two – I'm building two houses there. I bought some land, and I'm I'm building two two 2,000-square-foot houses. Awesome. Is that with the same builder you met or somebody else? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, the builder on the job. That's awesome. So moral of that Lauren story is don't be afraid to get out of your car and meet people, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, that's all it was. I just, I got out of my car and just said, hey, he's the owner of, you know, this construction company. And the, gate, the guy gave me his number. I called him and he happened to be down the street and like a relationship. Perfect. There, so yeah. You're a powerful success magnet. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so more juicy questions. Um, financing. Tell our audience how you finance these flips that you're doing. I uh, I have some private money. I find uh, you know private money lenders through family and friends. Just anybody who you know is interested and uh, in, you know has some money, doesn't know what to do with it, wants to make a pretty good solid interest rate. Um, uh, so a lot of it's family and friends, and I utilize hard money to, you know, cover up the gap if I have, you know, too many projects and not enough private money. Great. Okay. And um, do you, are you a licensed realtor yourself? Yeah, I am. You are. So do you, and you sell your own flips then, I presume, at least in California, right? So I assume, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I, I, I do. Um, I don't sell the ones that are far away, but I do the ones that are, you know, close. Nice. That always helps sweeten the, the profit pot there to make it better for you. That's awesome. Yeah. And are you at the point, I assume yes, but are you using entities for your real estate business now? And at what point did you start using entities? Did you have an entity on your, your first deal or not? I did not have an entity on my first probably five deals. Um, you don't I love it. to hear that. That is great because so many people think they got to go make a company before they can do this, but you are living proof. You don't need that, right? No, you don't. I mean, and honestly, it's like save the $800 LLC tax every year until you really know that this business is going to work for you. I mean, I didn't really create an entity until I really felt like, okay, I'm going to keep doing you know this and I should probably start up a company and uh, that sort of thing. So yeah, I didn't really start until um, I'd done at least five. Um, but yeah, I do. I use um, an LLC. I, I, I take an S corp election 
and um, I have an entity here and I have a Nashville, Tennessee entity. Great. Okay. Great for people to hear that. What would you say is the most frustrating part of being an investor? I would you? say not like really knowing how much money you're going to make every oh, year. Oh, yes. You know, like, it's like you really don't know like what your salary is going to be. Um, you could have a great year. You know, you could be thinking your year's going really great and then lose a bunch of money. Um, so that would be the most frustrating is that there's just a lot of uncertainty. But if you, you know, if you have the personality where you can be okay with that, then it helps. Yeah, for sure. I understand that. It's not a business for really conservative risk averse people. I mean, there's lots of unknowns and you can make, you know, the best predictions you can of your after repaired value and your budget and everything. And it can all go out the window. The market can change or you discover new unhappiness in your, in your flip when you're doing the rehab and you can have problems with contractors. So yeah, I totally hear that. Um, so opposite to that, what's the most rewarding part of being an investor for you? Um, you know, I would say like just lifestyle design that I, I can kind of design my day or my week on my terms. Um, I can, you know, if I, uh, sorry, if you hear my phone ringing. That's okay. <laughs> Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I like that, you know, if my kids have, you know, a, a party or something at school, I can volunteer for it. I can be there for, you know, every moment, all the special moments that I wasn't really able to be there for when I was a full-time working mom, working for a company, you know, working in the corporate world. Um, so I would say just the life, the lifestyle design aspect of it is a, a amazing. I mean, I can go on. Um, hikes with my friend. I mean, today I have, I'm going on a hike at like 1.30, you know, like when I couldn't do that, you know, back in the day and, and I can work on a Sunday and I enjoy working on a Sunday. Sometimes I like going to Starbucks and getting some work done. And, um, you know, I just, I like being able to work when I want to work. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and I, you know, I find that you work better that way. When, when you work, when you want to work, I, you, you're focused and you work hard. Whereas like when you work, you know, in corporate America, like sometimes Monday is just a bad day and, and you can't seem to get anything done, but surf the web and go on like Amazon, like, you know? So, um, yeah, I just like that. That's the most rewarding part of it all. Very, very true. I love that too. Um, what is the, probably the most important characteristic that you have that has helped you be successful in this business? Uh, you know, I would say I don't give up easily. Mm. I'm, very, I'm very patient um, because I did have a really bad year. I did have a year where I worked every single day and I took a loss that year, you know, and, um, you know, it, it takes a really patient person to not give up. Um, so I don't give up easily on any goal. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm a researcher. Like if, if something's not working out, I can usually like focus and research the heck out of it to try to figure out why it's not working out and whether it's, um, you know, sometimes it's asking for help and, and hiring a consultant or, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I'm not afraid to like do what it takes and, and, you know, admit something's not working for me and research why and ask for help. I would say that's another 
trait. Can you um, give us a story about that? It sounds like you have a couple things floating around in your mind there, like a consultant for what or research what? Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, 2014, it, it, between like 2013 and 14 was like a really, really bad year for me. Um, I had just had my daughter, Presley. I had just quit my full-time job. I thought, you know, sky's the limit. Like I just, you know, I, I have all this money now in my bank account from the last flips I did. And like, I can quit my full-time job now. Cool. And, um, I, it was like, I was doing exactly what I did before to get those other deals and, and I wasn't getting deals. And I'm like, mm. months would go by, like one month went by, like two months went by three months. And I'm like, I still haven't bought in a house. Like what's going on, you know? And I think because partially I had a newborn, I was really tired. And I, I think I just, I wasn't like in the right mindset. Um, I, I couldn't pull myself out of it and realize that it wasn't working. Um, it took me a year to really like realize like, okay, this isn't working. Like this is getting really scary, you know? Um, and it, it, my advice to anybody is, is don't ever let anything t go a year. Like if, if some, if you're not buying houses, and it's been six months, like you're doing something wrong. Right. Go ask for help. And so I, I started looking for consulting. I thought maybe I can just pay someone to sit down with me and, and review what I'm doing and tell me what I'm doing wrong. And I actually did that. And it was really helpful. I, I spent like maybe a total of 1200 bucks, um, between two different people and within the one meeting of both of them, I figured out what I was doing wrong. And it, it, shortly after, you know, I started regularly buying houses at that point. What a great story. That's really fascinating. And I wouldn't, I bet most people would not think, oh, let me go pay someone for some of their time to look at what I'm doing and give me some advice on how I could make it better. But Good for you for going for that. And you went to two people. Really good. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that story. Okay, um, next, how do you feel about, you know, you are a woman in this business and how do you think women do in this business, you know, compared to men? Is it easier? Is it harder? Is it any different? I think, I mean, I think it is. Um, it isn't. It, it isn't. Um, I think women can sometimes not be as good at negotiation. I think we're, you know, taught and trained kind of culturally to not ask for things and ask what we for what we want and be polite. Whereas men are better at being assertive and, you know, shrewd and, you know, asking for what they want and demanding what they want. So I've struggled with that. That that's definitely like the negotiation aspect of it. I, I struggle with because I I kind of have the nature of being polite. Um, but uh, in other ways, I, I do work direct directly with sellers, and I talk to sellers of homes, you know, every single day. And I think my interpersonal skills uh, really help me there and give me that advantage. And I don't know if all, all men have the same type of interpersonal skills as I do. I think a lot of it is because of um, I'm a woman. I'm sensitive. You know, women uh, are, tend to be a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more empathetic. And when you're speaking with a seller, you know, who's in a distressed situation, you know, we're able to not just talk about business and go straight for the numbers, but we, we actually talk about the situation a little bit. And, you know, uh, I, I think, that has, has helped me. 
Um, so, you know, I think that there's great things about being a, a woman, a woman in business. I, I think we have a competitive advantage in using that, you know, you just need to use that to your advantage. But I also think that there's things I need to work on and I could learn a little bit more um, from men. So that that's a little, a little both. Great answers. I really appreciate that. Um, probably some women I know are intimidated to deal with contractors, but you are flipping and dealing with contractors yourself, right? How's your experience been with dealing with contractors? Um, you know, okay. I, sometimes I, I get back to the negotiation part. I get a little stuck there, um, where I don't ask, you know, for maybe what I want. And I could get better. I could improve on that. Um, I mean, most of my contractors are like my friends. So like it's, you know, normally, it, it, I mean, as far as working with men, I'm great at working with men. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm more, I'm like their friend. Like I take everybody I work with is a friend of mine, you know? Um, but I would say the negotiation part is what I struggle with. Yeah, sounds like you're nice, which is great. And they probably want to help you out more because you treat them like a friend. You don't treat them poorly or badly. So, you know, then they're probably treating you well too. So thanks for sharing that. So um, what do you feel about our market today, right now in April 2016 and um, where it's going and maybe how that's impacting your your own goals or business plan, if at all? Well, um, yeah, I, I think it's still a, a pretty tough market to buy. I mean, it's still very much a seller's market. Uh, the foreclosure rate is just so low. It, it, there's just not a lot of distress out there. So mm -hmm. for you know, us flippers, I mean, we're, we want distressed houses. We want distressed, you know, that we look for distress, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, when you're in a market where there's just not that much distress, uh, it makes it tough to find deals and find good deals. Um, I, I think that the competition is really heating up and they're willing to, everybody's just outbidding each other and it's getting to a point where I see some deals get done and I'm like, why? Like, do you, why? Were you even wanting to make money on that? Like, why would you buy it? Just buying a house? Just buy a house? Like, you know, I, I, it is, it's still, it's getting really competitive. Um, but I would say it was like that 2013. I mean, it, in 2013, it really started heating up. Uh, 2014, it was really hot. Um, I would say at this point, 2016, uh, when I worked directly with sellers, I think everybody is in this like, I think sellers who don't follow the real estate market very um, closely. Okay, I think they, they have like kind of a bubble mentality. And so they're like, okay, I better sell now or like now then or not at all kind of thing. Um, so, you know, it's better today for me to buy than it was like 2014, you know, but it, it's still pretty competitive here. Definitely. But it's not so competitive that you're not finding deals. You are still buying houses. So you're doing something right there, huh? <laughs> Yeah, but it, not without a lot of effort. I mean, it's it's taking a lot of effort to buy houses. Um, but I've never worked in an easy market. I've never, I, I started right when it got hot. So I don't know what an easy market is like. So I, I really can't give you like the objective opinion. But from what I hear from other people too, is there's just a, a lack of uh, distressed deals out there. And everybody's kind of bidding for them. 
Yeah, I mean, certainly in Southern California, that's um, what we're finding to be the case. But um, the flipping business is different in every area of the country, as I'm sure you saw in Nashville when you were there. So, yeah, it's definitely a localized business. So do you do any other investments other than real estate? Uh, no, 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 not for, for right now, it's real estate. I love it. Um, I mean, what we did is we made money in real estate and then ventured out to other things. So maybe that will be in your future. <laughs> future Fun things coming up. So what would be so your, what would be your advice, advice for someone for new reading out? out? Um, you know, just educate yourself and don't quit. You know, just keep keep going, keep doing something. Um, every day, you know, do something that'll help you get a deal, you know, um, and just keep learning, you know, learn and apply. I, I think there's a lot of people who learn a lot, but then they don't really do anything with the knowledge. They don't really learn, like they, they learn and they take a course, but then they don't really like apply what they learn or they, you know, apply what they learn, you know, a little bit, like, you know, they maybe make one offer a week, you know, and, or they make, you know, one offer a month and, and a year goes by and they go, I haven't bought any houses. And I'm like, well, I just made 15 offers this week. How many did you make? Well, none, <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> you're not working hard enough. You, you really have to work really hard. This isn't an easy business. This is, it, it is a job, you know, it, it is, you got to put your hours in and, you have to kind of work your butt off. <laughs> you know, well, I like how you're telling the truth there. So um, back to the number of offers per week, do you have a certain target that you try to hit every week or is it just based on the number of calls you're getting off mailers? Like, okay, if, I, if you're getting a lot of calls, you're making more offers than if you're not, I assume. But how does that whole part of your business work? I, I shoot for 15. It doesn't always happen. Um, 10 would probably be a little bit more realistic, but you know, it, it really depends on the marketing and what it produces. Um, you know, sometimes I just, I'm not getting a lot of calls or sometimes I do take an off week every month. So I market for three weeks heavily and then I take an off week and the off week, the purpose of that is more to just kind of like you know, do other business things that I need to get done. Because I mean, you get so busy handling all these leads and following up with them and everything that you need a you need to kind of like to break it up. Mm-hmm. So I do three weeks on one week off. So my off weeks, I usually don't make that many offers because there's not any new leads really coming in or not that many. Uh, but on the off weeks are more when I follow up with all the leads I made, you know, that or all the offers I had made. Uh, you know, two, three weeks prior, follow up. Hey, where were we at? You got that offer. I didn't hear back from you, blah, blah, blah. So that week is kind of like a follow-up week, I guess. So I do try to shoot for, you know, I, I've heard people say one offer a day, five. I don't know if that's enough to be quite honest. I, I kind of think at least 10 um, to do a deal a month. I would say you need to be at least trying to do 10. And would you mind sharing either how many mail pieces you send out a month or the dollar amount that you spend? Oh, I don't want to scare you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, and the audience can keep in mind that this is a full-time thing for you, not a side job, that you're a full-time wholesaler and flipper. And um, you've had some success and made some money to pour into your business too. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I mail uh, between 14,000 to 16,000 mail pieces per month. 
Um, that comes out to uh, honestly anywhere between like six and eight thousand dollars a month. Um, but I, I, I'm kind of including in that other marketing stuff. Like I have an assistant who helps me with those leads. So I mean, I would say probably eight grand a month to pay for the assistant that helps me too. Okay. And do you use a list company or do you get your list from title companies and do you use a service to send out your mailings? Um, yeah, I use list companies. I mean, um, the title companies in California, at least, I don't know if this is a, a nationwide rule or if it's just California, but they can't give you equity. They, they can't filter out houses by equity. And that's a real problem for me because I can't really buy underwater houses. So, um, I mean, unless you do some kind of creative financing thing, that's another topic, but that's not what I'm focusing on. So, um, title company lists weren't working for me because I couldn't do equity. I couldn't get rid of those homes. I'm not going to, you know, and you don't want to waste marketing dollars on houses that you can't even buy anyway. So I pay for lists. Um, and I use like a list provider, you know, you can use a list broker. Um, so that's what I do. And then I have a, uh, they're called postcard mania. And I mean, if anybody needs, they can hit me up or, you know, I can give you the contact that I have, um, for them and they send my, they handle all my meal. Nice. Well, thanks for those tips. And I'll be sure and put that in our show notes. So, um, for the ending of our show here, what kind of um, words of encouragement would you have for new investors, especially as they might feel overwhelmed by how much information there is out there to learn about the business and um, if they're not getting quick results? So what encouragement do you have? Uh, you know, I have to put myself in that place because I, I was in that place and I, I remember it very well. I mean, I still feel like in a way I'm in that place because it wasn't too long ago that I, I was there. Um, you know, there's like a, I call them the one percenters. There's like a one percent that like they get into this business. They buy their first house within six weeks. They buy their second house. They make all this money and they do fine. And like, they never seem to like, go through this like two, three year trial period, like where they can't figure it out. I, I don't know. They're one, that's like a 1%. We all know those people too. Like everybody knows like that one person that you're like, you really never had a problem. Like getting started, like, um, I was not a one percenter. I, I was like the rest of the people that had a really hard time figuring out how to turn a profit out of this business. And I, I will just say, you know, don't, think that you're not made for this business because you're not turning a profit within your first year. Um, it, it just might not, it might take a little bit more time for you. I, I think the big portion is luck, honestly, and kind of what market you got in, in at the time. Like if you got in, you know, in the recession time when it was, you, you know, you could go to a trustee sale and buy a house and flip it pretty easily. Like, you know, or did you get in 2013 when prices started going up and sellers, you know, we're all thinking they were sitting on gold and, you know, there wasn't that much distress. Um, so, you know, luck, timing, that has, some of it has nothing to do with you. Um, so don't get discouraged that you're not that 1%. Um, there, if you work hard and you don't give up and you really honestly work hard, not like you think you're working hard, but really, <laughs> I mean, like you really every day are like making offers and you're, you know, learning and you're, asking people for help, maybe paying a consultant, 
um, and you're doing all those efforts, it will work. It will happen for you. You'll, it'll, one day it'll click and you'll go, Oh wow. Okay. I, I think I got it. I think I'm over that hump. Um, so that would probably be my advice is don't be discouraged just because you're not the 1%. Well, I'd love that, especially coming from you, because you truly experienced some challenges. And I don't know a lot of people that would have pushed through um, that hard year that you pushed through. So I admire your perseverance. That is awesome. Most people would just give up and say, forget it. This is too hard. It's not going to work for me. But you did awesome. And my hat's off to you. My hard hat is off to you. Well, the, um, I read, if it helps anybody, there's this book called The Dip, and that actually helped me get through it um, because it talks about, you know, the dip, which is a, it's a period of time for every entrepreneur that creates scarcity in the business. And if, if you didn't have a dip, everybody would be in the business and it, it would be so easy, but there wouldn't be a profit, you know? Right. Um, the purpose of the dip is maybe you did like you did good at first, right? Like my first year I did good. It was almost kind of too easy. And then boom, it got really high. And, and that dip is purposely there. So people will fall out of the business. And if you stick with it, eventually you'll get through the dip and you'll be in the business while all these other people quit. So I, I read that book and I, I really suggest that book to anybody who's going through, you know, a, a period of, you know, uh, a time where they're just feeling like they can't do it and um, they're getting really discouraged. I think that that was a really good book for me. Oh, I love it. Excellent advice. Well, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, would you like to give out your email and your website, which I could also include in our show notes? Uh, Yeah. uh, My email is lhardy. It's L-H-A-R-D-Y at hardy, R-E-I.com. And that's H-A-R-D-Y-R-E-I.com. And my website is hardyrei.com. Perfect. REI, real estate investing. Love it. So, well, thank you so much for sharing and being so open and honest and sharing the bad with the good, the challenges and your successes. Uh, Congratulations on all your success. I am in awe of you and I love your strength and your being a great role model, especially for other young women, because not only is it rare to see women in the business, but to see young women and with kids. So um, I'm just super impressed with you and thank you for your time and just really appreciate it. And maybe in the future, we can follow up with you and see where you're at in months down the road. So thanks, Lauren. Awesome. Thank you. And you too are a role model as well. I mean, to me, you know, cause you, I, I remember meeting you a few looking up to you and going, okay, I could be like her one day, you know, I can do it, you know? And, and so you were absolutely, you know, one of the role models for me as well. So hats off to you. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com on the podcast page. Also, To get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.